Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Heart Over High podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Shamar Charles. This podcast focuses on the goal of providing unique and culturally sensitive perspectives on physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health and wellness. Our goal is to provide you with the best millennial and Gen Z health news you can use. If you like this podcast, follow us on Instagram at HOHThePodcast and give us a rating of five stars on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, without further delay, let's get started. Hey, y'all, a very somber hello on this here Monday as we mourn the loss of a very great man. This week, we lost an absolute legend, the late great rapper, actor, family man, father, preacher, and son of Yonkers, New York, Earl Simmons, also known as Darkman X, or DMX for short. As many of you know, X battled addiction for many, many years, but it wasn't until recently that he opened up about his struggles. I'll be sharing two clips from recent interviews that he had. I want to warn you guys that some of this material is sensitive and jarring, and so please take care of yourself as you are listening. The first uh, clip is from a conversation he had with esteemed psychotherapist Ian Levan Zant, and the second is a clip of a 2020 interview that he had with Talib Kweli. Okay, help me. Help me. And I will accept whatever you offer me in this moment, okay? Okay? And I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to be done with it. Do you have a drug problem now? I will always have a drug problem. Tell me about that. Um, Just because you stop getting high doesn't mean that you don't have the problem, because it's a constant fight every day. Every trigger that was a tr- you know, was a trigger when you got, it's still a trigger. Whether you act on it or not, it's something different. But I will always, until I die, I will always have a drug problem. Okay, now when you talk about drugs, tell me what you're talking about. Uh, I smoke weed, I drink, um, coke, crack. Now, I don't really with that. You mean, with the coke and the crack? Now, you know, since I've been home in prison, I've been home in prison almost uh, three years. Slipped a couple times, but I got right back up. I got right back up. You, you said the crack, the cocaine. There was a time when that was a challenge for you? Yes. Amazing one. Yeah, I just, what the when I, like I said, when I first got signed, I, I, I damn near went out of my mind. Because, you know, before, when I do my little robberies here and there, whatever, you know, I ended up with a couple hundred dollars. You can't really go along with that. But now, when all I got to do is make a phone call, and, you know, she sends me $1,000, my, my business manager. I mean, like, now we're talking, now we're talking a drug problem. You know, as bad as it may have seen before, it was nothing like it was when I got money. Was there a time when you felt, I've got to stop there, so I'm going to die? Um, if I actually said to myself, or I will die, but I knew I had to stop this because I felt like I was just going to lose my mind and, like, do something I really regret because of the paranoia. And it's like, you know, you hear things louder and, you know, you, you think people are scheming. And that's what scared me more than dying. I mean, it's a lonely feeling. It was a lonely feeling. The pain and loneliness that X is sharing on this interview 
is not uncommon uh, to people in general, but especially those who mask their hurt with drugs. Despite numerous unsuccessful rehab stints, it did seem, though, that X had recently turned a corner uh, by unpacking and even sharing the roots of his trauma with the great Talib Kweli. Take a listen. So speaking of fire, you sold some fire-ass mixtapes on the streets of Yonkers. You. you battle rapped in prison. Um, how did battle rapping in prison and selling tapes on the street shape you as an artist? And can you maybe share a story from early days running around Yonkers? Well, um, see, I, 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 I kind of grew up with hip hop, where I mean, like, 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 as hip hop, because people think um, hip hop is not just music. Hip hop is is a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? It's a way of talking. It's a way of standing. The b boy stance. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 um, yeah. You know, um, uh, graffiti. You know, DJ breakdance. You know what I'm saying? It's like you had to do something. That was a part of hip hop, which is the lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? And um, like, you know, I, I started beatboxing, I used to beatbox, and um, a huge part of the the, the music aspect of it. But Ready Ron. What? Oh, oh wow, wow, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa. Okay, okay, shit just got real. Shit just got real. All right. So I'm a Yonkers. You mean? And um, you know, I just come home from being in these institutions from the age of seven to fourteen. You mean, and um, this guy, uh, Ready Ron, I mean, he was like an older brother to me. And he would rap, and I would do the beatbox. I looked up to him like like, like, like an older brother, you know what I'm saying? I, like, I love this guy like an older brother, you know, and I don't have any brothers. And um, man, I would beatbox, he would rap, and then he, he suggested one time, he said, you know what, um, why don't you, you know, write a couple of rhymes and that way I can do the beatbox for you, you know what I'm saying? We can like change places. I was like, okay. I, I, that makes sense, and um, I remember. Um, I, I, I remember went upstairs, taking a piss, <laughs> and that's where my first rhyme came to me. You know what I'm saying? And um, referring to incidents occurring in past times when the beats of my profession, I had no rhymes with the daytime change, and so do I will. That's when I remember journey up the MC Hill to make my first step forward to leave behind my past. Had to put my future first, everything else last. First rhyme was unacceptable, but that's when change by taking parts of words with them rearranging. It was like a story, you know what I'm saying? Cause that's what mm. it was back then. And um, man, this guy, this guy, oh, this guy. And um, you know, I could tell by his response that it was like, it was a dope rhyme. I'm like, okay. You know, so we worked at it like that. But this guy, man, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, he, he introduced me to what would be the best part of my life, which would be the rap. But he also, a the theme of my life is blessed with the curse. And the curse aspect of it was, um, let's say I was, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't smoke cigarettes, I didn't smoke weed, I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do anything. I'm 14 years old, and um, me and my man went to a robbery one night, and it was his birthday, and we came back, we we spent the money. I said, hey, you know, take this, go get something. Might as well be a birthday, whatever. Hmm. So he came back with a blunt rolled up, and as I'm counting the money, he likes the blunt. And I said, I, I was impressed. Oh, I don't really smoke, nigga. Fuck out of it. And he passed the ball around, and, um, wow. It, it, and I hit the blood, and I'm like, like, I was no longer focused on the money. It, 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 I never felt like this, like, it, it just fucked me up. I'm like, the fuck? And, um, I later found out that he, uh, 
He laced the blood with, with, with the crack. Mm. Why would you do that to a child? Right. And this nigga, like, like, like 30, you know what I'm saying? And he, and he knew how I looked up to him. Yeah. Mm. He knew how I looked up to him, you know what I'm saying? And like, why would you do that to somebody who looks up to you like this? I mean, mm. the monster was born. Mm. The monster was born. I mean, and um, that's the, like, like I, I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Wow. Um, I don't know if that was difficult for you to listen to, but every single time that I have replayed that clip, it has touched me in a really profound way. This is very common in our society. This is the pain and the anguish that. Uh, those who struggle with addiction are constantly feeling and oftentimes the genesis of how they cope with the obstacles in their life and all of the hardships and everything that were uh, thrown our way um, starts uh, when in their youth with drugs what I heard in that clip was Earl Simmon I didn't uh, I didn't hear the personality I didn't hear uh, the rapper I didn't hear the actor but I I heard the man. Uh, I know that as a clinician who aims to help all people, um, it's a reminder that no matter your walk of life or how much money you earn, we all hurt inside. Uh, we hurt the same. Uh, we all have a story. Uh, so in order for us to help ourselves and others, we have to acknowledge all of the different pieces of that story. So today I will attempt to unpack uh, addiction to some degree. I will admit that I am not an addiction specialist. Uh, I am not expert in addiction, uh, but I feel as if I'm expert in people. And so I hope uh, that I can pass along uh, what little knowledge I have to you uh, so that you guys can begin, if you haven't already, uh, begin to care about uh, some of the uh, substances that you put in your body and how it affects yourself uh, and your social circle. So to know addiction is to know about the drugs themselves. That's kind of where we start. Uh, and then once we unpack how the drugs uh, work, um, then we try to learn a little bit about how they impact the body. So let's start with cocaine. Cocaine is a very powerful stimulant, uh, and it's one of the most addictive drugs on earth. Uh, it was popularized in the 1980s. Uh, at some point, I'll probably do a, a podcast just about the 1980s crack epidemic and how that began. But it was popularized in the 80s. Uh, and despite being classified as a Schedule II drug, which means that uh, it's a drug that is identified as something that is illicit and highly addictive, um, it's still one of the most popular and widely used, abused drugs today. So uh, what are some of the important facts that you need to know about cocaine? Well, the first is that there's a difference between cocaine or coke uh, and crack or crack cocaine. Uh, the former is a powder while the latter is a crystal rock. Cocaine is a hydrochloride uh, salt in its powdered form, uh, while crack is derived from the powdered cocaine by combining it with water and usually some other substance like baking soda. Um, after cocaine and baking soda are combined, the mixture is boiled and a solid forms. And once it's cool and broken into smaller pieces, uh, these pieces are what we call crack. 
Cocaine is water soluble, so the powder is snorted while crack is heated and inhaled through a small pipe. This allows the crack to enter the bloodstream within eight seconds, so extremely quickly. Uh, and it's the reason why people tend to feel this very rapid and intense high. The name crack is derived from the crackling sound that it produces when the drug is heated and then smoked. Since crack is so highly concentrated, it is extremely addictive. And while it's not common, it is possible for a person to become addicted to crack after just one use, especially in young people. And uh, from the clip that you heard, that's what it I think that's what actually happened to uh, Earl Simmons, a.k.a. Uh, DMX, who was introduced to crack via a lace marijuana joint when he was 14 years old. Cocaine is an upper. Uh, and so by an upper, what we mean is that it releases dopamine in the brain, which is a very, very psychoactive stimulant in the body. This is uh, dopamine is the neurotransmitter that causes excitement and euphoria and other feel good events. Uh, repeated use of cocaine leads to lower highs, which leads people to use higher doses uh, of the drug to uh, to feel high. Uh, the brain becomes really sort of used to having these um, higher uh, dopamine releases, and it kind of wants to be in that state. Uh, and so in that sense, people tend to use higher and higher doses of the drug to feel that high, as I previously mentioned. In medicine, we call this phenomena dependence. And over time, our brain actually becomes dependent on these increased levels of dopamine. Uh, and uh, we call that physical dependence. Uh, and that's where all of the problems start. Uh, drug users feel the need to constantly use the drug to produce the same feelings. And so while they have a physical dependence, which is their brain actually feels like it needs it, they also have like a sort of social, emotional, and mental dependence. We call that a, a psychological dependence where they tend to uh, feel like uh, they need to do whatever it takes to get a hold of the drug. All the while, they are uh, seemingly unaware of the destruction to their own bodies and their social lives and relationships as a result of their drug-seeking behavior and addiction. Now, I'm not saying this was necessarily the case with X, but what I will say is that he himself has admitted numerous times to his uh, drug addiction being the biggest curse in his life, right? And so when you think about DMX, this high-income earner, uh, and, and you think about his life and his meteoric rise in the rap game, it begs the question, like, who uses cocaine? Uh, well, my answer to that is that uh, it seems to be really popular among the extremes of society. Homeless people and very successful people. It's not that other people in between uh, don't use it, but it tends to be really, really popular amongst these two groups in particular. Um, it's, it's popular among homeless people because it's relatively inexpensive and the drug has a very acute effect, which means that it works very, very, very quickly. But uh, this high acuity is also really attractive to high income earners like lawyers and doctors and entertainers uh, who use it before pressure situations because it provides them with a sense of alertness and confidence and energy. Uh, these are oftentimes, these high-income earners, are the folks who think that they can be casual users of cocaine. But the rule of thumb is simply to never use this stuff. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, 
Our addiction potential is largely governed by our genetics. One person can casually use drugs while another can't. We don't know where we fall on that spectrum, but let me tell you, it's not worth it to find out. What we know from social behavioral science is that addiction to any illicit and understudied drug can potentially be life-threatening and just outright destructive. If you see it and it's if it's illegal and it's not well studied, simply do not do it. Uh, and it also has like really, really awful side effects. Uh, cocaine can cause psychosis, hallucinations, violent behaviors, destruction of the nose and throat, especially if you're snorting this stuff. And your heart rate can speed up to a degree uh, that you can have a heart attack, which is actually what happened to DMX. Uh, sometimes casually we hear about some of the more sort of benign impacts of cocaine, right? You hear about the alertness, you hear about the dilated pupils, but it's these really uh, long-term effects uh, that are scary and life-threatening, and those are, uh, and that's what we really want to avoid. Drugs are scary, y'all, and and I hope that I've convinced you all of why you shouldn't use them. In no way do I want to boil DMX's life to, uh, in no way do I want to boil his life down to his drug use. But X was a God-fearing man, and I think he'd want his experiences to be looked at as life lessons. So to honor him, I think we should all use his life as a cautionary tale to learn how to deal with our traumas in a healthy way, to acknowledge that we all go through struggles, but that we are never alone, and to have empathy for all those who are suffering in silence. Thank you all for listening. Uh, if you or someone you know is suffering from addiction, uh, please call the American Addiction Center at 1-888-343-0219. See you next week. Is you with me or what? Nigga trying to give me a nut Cause honey wanna give me the fuck I'm politicking with this chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. Lil' hood rapping from 25th named Jamaica. Coming through like I do, you know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411, size 7 and girls. Baby face would look like she was 11 with curls. Girlfriend, what? remember me from way back? I'm the same cat, the wave cat. That my fucker at TNT used to blaze at. Still here, so it's all good. Oh, you know my niggas rich and them doing their thing on 35th day. It's a small hood, and it's all wood, so let me get that number. I get up, alright? Hit you on the jack later on see what's up talking to shorty made me want to do something nice what? looking at that ass made me want to do something tonight what? and i know right when i see right shorty looking like she tight and she bite better give a nigga the green light well take my hands to be in play how's it going down it's all till it's gone then i got to know that Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.